And we are go on a beautiful day here at Little Beaver Brewery on Five Finance Drive. It is such a cool vibe out there on the patio. I should have thought about recording out on the patio. Chilling people out here, all different ages, families out here enjoying a good time. Uh, I am drinking the was it very hairy cherry? Uh, I I would describe it as if you had a chocolate covered cherry and combined it with a lager, and it is it's very rich but very delicious and definitely cherry flavored as advertised. What are you drinking over there, Josh? Mmm, yum. Um, I am drinking Wainbow's. It's a nice, uh, nice uh, pale ale. It's got a good uh, good flavor to it. It's got a little uh, little little juicy taste to it. It's uh, nice, refreshing. Beautiful thing for a May day. That's one of their uh, flagship beers. They've uh, had rainbows for quite a while now. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with it. It's yeah. very good. Cool. Well, that voice you're hearing is Josh Barnett from the McLean County Board here coming to join us in chat. Justin is at my left. Hello, hey. Justin. Good. What is it? Afternoon? Yeah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> so, Josh, I have not seen you since uh, since pandemic life started. What have you been up to? How you been living? Uh, you know, mostly gaining weight. Um, cool. That's uh, a <laughs> good hobby. That's a good hobby for for the pandemic. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I feel like I haven't seen anyone. You know, for the past you know fourteen months or so. So it's great to see the two of you in person and everything. You know, the past fourteen months we've been you know sticking pretty close to home like a lot of people and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, just kind of doing doing the home thing. Haven't really been out and about uh, too awful much other than like trips to the grocery store and things like that. So it's yeah. exciting to see things. Uh, Hopefully safely opening back up again, right? And yeah. Society starting to return to normal. You've been able to get a vaccination yet? Yeah, I got my uh, I got my second dose. Uh, I don't know what three weeks ago, maybe. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. So we're all in, fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed, all baby. three of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty exciting. The CDC saying you can kind of go back to normal if you're vaccinated. So yeah, pretty. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. I'm just I'm curious with that about how things are going to administer that. I I guess I mean I, I can't imagine Walmart making you show your vaccination card when you come in the door. Well, right? they, so Walmart announced that they no longer are requiring masks at any other stores. For, for nobody. Yeah, for nobody. And then uh, uh, okay. a store downtown Bloomington, the, I, I'm forgetting the name, but it's the new record store down there. Uh, the Panograph, I think, had an article that showed them have a sign on the door of the honor system. It said, if you're fully vaxxed, no mask needed. Uh, if, if you haven't been, please wear a mask. And yeah. the guy's like, it's just the honor system. Like, what else can you do? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is exciting just to be able to, like, see more people out, especially as the weather turns, right? Because, uh, like, places like Little Beaver here with the beer garden and seeing people outside and uptown and downtown. And, um, yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's – people talked about when they got their second shot how they were just extremely relieved. And I didn't feel that way personally. I felt like, okay, this is something I got to do. But it was when I saw that – that coverage when it was um, now you're vaccinated you really get some more liberties and you feel confident going out doing things yeah. that gave me that sense of relief that people my, my mom got her second shot and she celebrated by that night going out to dinner at a restaurant <laughs> and I was like yeah, yeah. probably should have waited a couple weeks to do <laughs> that's, that's okay that's yeah <laughs> I mean, since the beginning, right? It's just make sure you're being safe, too, right? I mean, it's not the... Even the vaccination says, you know, you can still get COVID, right? right? It's just lesser symptoms and that kind of thing. So you still got to be smart about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, cool. We, we've been trying to get Josh Barnett on the podcast, I think, for how long we've been doing this podcast? A couple of years now. Yeah, at least yeah. two years. Elusive. It's just never lined up. Uh, but, you know, I think it's I think it's good because I think this is a great time to have Josh Barnett on the podcast. So. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you for the I mean, so much, so much to talk about with the health department uh, over through COVID and, and how you saw that as a county board member to uh, obviously there's some stuff in the news lately that we'll talk about. But, yeah, it's just good to see you, man. You too. I'll just, I'll just say to kind of lead in that I, something I something I like about you, Josh, is you're you're a careful person with what you say. Like you, you think things through, you get input. You're thinking about your audience. You're thinking about like how am I going to say? How's this going to affect the person I have? Well, this is the first Wayne Bose, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Another round. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. so what I see, uh, you know, I see you, news coverage of you kind of putting somebody uh, or a process on blast. You know, you know. I know that's not something you did just because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed one day. You've, you've thought about it. You've molded over. So, for those uh, for those people listening who kind of don't know what was happening at the board with the redistricting, can you take take a big drink and then uh, <laughs> fill people in? Sure. Yeah. So, so every ten years after the census, uh, we we as a country go through a redistricting, or the the correct term is the reapportionment. Okay, process, but it's commonly referred as redistricting where the district lines for congressional districts, you know, uh, state house districts, uh, county board districts, uh, and, and city council wards uh, for the city of Bloomington are, are redrawn based on, you know, shifts in population and, uh, you know, demographics within those areas. So 10 years has gone through, and it's time for us to do it. Um, now, the census data from 2020 has been delayed due to, you know, a number of factors. And we're not actually expecting that census data from 2020 to drop until later on this year. Maybe August, maybe September, maybe October. It just kind of depends on you know what, what information you're looking at at the time. Uh, the issue is, is that for our county boards, uh, the state dictates that you have to go through your redistricting process uh, and have everything buttoned up and done from districts to members to your maps drawn uh, by July. And the only way for that to get pushed out is if the General Assembly uh, passed a bill to change those dates. And um, so that's that's what's been the, the push, you know, that we have to get through this and get it done, even though we don't have the most recent census data. Uh, so the county has been going through that process uh, for the past, publicly for the past, you know, probably four weeks or so. Well, it seems weird that the process is getting kicked off by the census data but the census data isn't available. It seems like a weird combination of factors there. It's <laughs> a lot of things weird happened in 2020, well, right? Yeah, so. it's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much you know about 10 years ago, but take us through like if if that wasn't the case, like if COVID wasn't there. When do you expect the when would you normally expect the census data? When would you normally expect the county board to start talking about that process? And how different was it this year than, than normal? Yeah, so I, I, it's my understanding that normally the census data would drop down like in April. Uh, from the from the previous year, that and, and the census data. The reason I, I believe it, you know we use the census data as opposed to like I think 2019 there was a community survey that was done by the Census Bureau. But the census data gets down um, closer, right? In, as far as street level goes, more granular. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why you really want to use that data. So uh, you know, I, 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 it's my understanding that uh, 10 years ago, I don't know the exact dates because um, I wasn't on the county board and paying as much attention. Sure. Right at that time, but the county uh, started talking about 
redistricting in the spring, and that was a uh, plan was brought forward and was passed. Uh, I, I believe it was in, in May or June. Um, of, that would have been 2011, and was ready to go to meet that to meet that July deadline. Uh, I mean, this year, obviously, census data has backed it up, uh, backed up, backed things up a bit. Um, but even still, without census data coming in, other counties within the state have been talking about this for months. They have the county boards and other counties within Illinois have formed special committees uh, within the county board themselves to determine what path to move forward. Um, Champaign County, when they went through their process 10 years ago, they actually determined it was the best thing to have an independent um, commission put together uh, to to work on that process. And that's, you know, they're using that same process again this year. And th- this is what surprises me, is obviously you need the data to, to do some things, but it's not like we didn't know the census was coming. So, like, these are conversations. I mean, I know as an observer, I think even you and I, Josh, had talked about redistricting year and a half ago, right? We're like, hey, this is coming up. So I'm always confused about why the county board didn't start having these conversations a year ago as far as, like, what kind of structure do we want to implement to draw these maps or to determine how many representatives or any of that kind of conversation? Why do we have to wait until the year of to even start having that conversation? Well, it seems seems to me that the county board is not really used to having a lot of public attention and input to it. That's my... I kind of. I, I think that's accurate. Yes. So normally there probably wouldn't be as much attention paid on it, um, and I'm one of the people who didn't pay attention to it uh, until about four years ago. So I, I include myself in that crowd, and I don't fault anyone who doesn't pay attention to it. But um, you know, when you don't expect a lot of public input or participation, you kind of can just let things go, right? Let them let them ha- be handled behind the scenes, and then move on with your life. It doesn't really bother anybody. I don't know. Is that kind of your take on it? Of what might have surprised people about this? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it, I mean, I mean to be fair, it does only happen once a decade, right? So yeah. I mean, it's not something that you normally think about over the course of the day. Uh, uh, but people need to, right? Because when it does come up, it is so important that that process is done in, in the correct way and produces a result that every citizen of the county can be um, confident about and help instill their trust in local government. Uh So how long has um, McLean County had the 10 districts, 20 representatives? Is that just over the last 10 years, or, or what, and what was before that? No, so so as I recall, um, up, in, up until the end of the 1960s, the county, uh, and this was true for everywhere in Illinois, it was structured so that there was one representative for each township within McLean County, mm-hmm. all right, which was true with all other counties, too. And you had a board of supervisors, is, is what it was. Well, the issue, you know, that you ran into was that you, maybe you'd have one township that had like 300 residents in it that had one representative, and then you had one township that had like 30,000 residents in it, right? Disproportionate, yeah. Right, it had one representative. So there were some legal challenges uh, filed to that back in the 60s, and um, it, it ended up having to change, right? Um, it ended up getting getting challenged and getting going to the Supreme Court, Illinois Supreme Court, I believe. I didn't know that. And then it changed uh, going into the 70s. And in the 70s, it was changed to, I believe it was nine... Uh, nine rep- uh, nine uh, districts with three representatives in each district. Wow. So there were 27 members on the board through the 1970s. <laughs> so many people. <laughs> so many people, I know. I, yeah. And then uh, going into the 80s, 
after the 1980 census, then it was changed again to 10 districts with two people per district. And it's been like that since so, it was so approved in 81. We've been seeing it since the early 80s right. of this way. So why, I mean, for our listeners, there was this... Um, Movement by some to look at four districts and then it turned into five districts. And you can talk about the history of that uh, a little bit here, but like, why? Why change? Was there something that sparked that change? And then just kind of fill us in on where that idea came from. Sure. So, um, well, actually, let me let me let me change yeah. that. Fill us in on where the idea looked like it came from, and then because you kind of showed us that this idea may have been in the making a little longer than with public perception. Right, yeah. So as far as, you know, the first time changing the number of districts was ever talked about, to, I mean, to my knowledge, right, in any kind of a public way, back in February, I think it was, members of the county board started to get some emails um, from some rural residents. And uh, they were, you know, kind of rude, to, to be frank. <laughs> they, they were not very nice. They were uh, pretty blunt and a little threatening. Uh, and they basically said, hey, you know, we want you to change to, I believe it was four districts at that time, with five representatives per district. We don't feel that the rural areas have a loud enough voice on what happens within the county. Um, we want this to change. And if you don't make this change this time around, we're going to put a referendum on the ballot and make you do it. All right. So let me let me pause for it just was, a second. It was like, what? <laughs> Where were these? You said rural. Was it from all over McLean County rurally? Or was it from a targeted like corner of the county that these emails came from? And could you tell, I mean, because I, I think we both know, like, you could tell a form email, right? You could tell when an email gets sent to a bunch of people and said, hey, send this to your county board member. Right. Was that the sense that you got? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were they were exactly, they were word for word. Oh, so there was no hiding that. No, so, there okay. was no hiding that. Yeah. I mean, so someone organized close. this yes, and, right. and reached yeah. out to friends and said, email the county. Yeah. And yeah, I, okay. think, I think I got three or four of them. It wasn't like we had, you know, 50 of them pouring in. And I sure. think other members, you know, had about the same, too. So... Uh, so yeah, so the so these emails came in. And I think one was from someone who lived around McLean. One was from someone who lived around Cooksville, maybe. So I mean, they certainly from, were from different areas okay. of the county. So that that's the first time I had ever seen anyone even mention. So what was your initial thought there? Like initially, like before you put much thought or, or energy into that. Like when you first saw, did you were you intrigued by the idea of changing the number of districts at all? No, uh, not at all. When, okay. when, that first, when the first email came through and I, I read it, I was like, I mean, okay, it's a public service announcement for everyone. If, if you would like to reach out to your elected representatives at any level of government, um, I would encourage you to be polite and have a collaborative approach when you reach out to them about a concern. Um, that's certainly, you get more bees with honey, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, when the first email came through, I kind of read it and I was like, you know, four districts, like what? Yeah. Why would we do that? That's crazy. That, why would we make a change like that? And I just kind of, you know, went about my business. And then you got another one. And a couple of days later, another one came in. Um, and so then you started to wonder, like, is there something going on here? Because suddenly you've received, like, three or sure. four of these. And they're form, and they all, you Seems know. Seems like an organized effort at that point. Exactly right, yeah. Which, on a side note, I sometimes hear that being levied as a criticism of something like, well, people are organizing and they're just sending form letters. Yeah, you got to be sensitive to that, too, because the fact that people are even motivated enough to and be informed about an issue and to say, like, yeah, I'll drag this in and I'll put my reputation behind that. Certainly. I don't mean uh, it to be negative. It's just it, I think it gives you insight on. Yeah, there, there's uh, some group organizing yeah. versus independent people having the idea. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So then... Um, you know, th then we heard 
different different members, uh, you know, had heard about this idea of smaller districts with more representatives in each district in March. Um, I had a I had a meeting with the McLean County Farm Bureau and the County Farm Bureau's. It was the County Farm Bureau's Legislative Committee, and they get together with us as board members you know, about once a year and just kind of talk about issues that are important to them and, you know, trying to keep them, you know, trying to keep us connected, uh, especially those who live in Bloomington Normal, what's going on out in the rural areas, the unincorporated areas, and making sure that we understand issues out there. So it's actually, it's a great, it's a great thing that they do that. Um, and during that meeting, you know, they, they started talking about, uh, you know, they started talking about, hey, have you... We're, we're, we're considering asking the board to change the number of districts, and so like it came up again, you know, sure. in, in this meeting with the farm bureau. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I'd have to think about it, but I'm probably not really supportive of that. Um, so then you heard about it again, right, from from a more formal organization. So at this point in the process, it's like March, you said, right? Yeah. So did you? It sounds like you were against the fourth district plan from the beginning. Did you have an idea of what you wanted to see happen? I mean, I know ultimately how you voted, but was there another alternative that you thought would be a better idea than what we ended up with at this point in March? Like, were you thinking more districts, less districts, more reps, less reps at that point? Yeah, I mean, and I had talked about this with a couple of my colleagues on the board, you know, just informally, but I, I personally liked the idea of having 20 districts, or I had even floated the idea of moving to 21 districts so we had an odd number, odd number of, yeah. of, uh, of, of members of the board so you wouldn't have to worry about a, you know, a tie vote on something. I just think that you know smaller districts right, give you better access to your representatives. Um, they make um, elected officials more accountable to the people. Uh, from an elected official standpoint, it gives you um, a smaller um, geographical size right, uh, or even like a smaller number of citizens to have to keep in touch with. It's more manageable, right? Especially when you're talking about the districts outside of Bloomington Normal where they they cover so much area. Right, right. Was there ever any talk about lowering the number of representatives, which I know is going to be a tough, you know, to get the board to vote on that. But I don't know. 20 always seemed like a lot to me. Um, so like I, yeah, like, is a lot. like I, 10 districts, 10 reps always seem like a, like, why do we have two per, per district? Yeah. Uh, which I mean, I, I trust me, I get the argument of, you know, more people to represent you better. Uh, but at a certain point, I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen on a lot of boards. Um, so was that ever a thought process from anyone that you heard of it throughout the spring or, um, no, I mean not 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 anyone that not anyone I had talked to in the spring you know, had yeah. brought that had brought that idea forward. At least not to me. Others may have certainly have talked about it though. So at this point, the real conversation was between four districts. So far, I know that later turns into five. Right. But four districts, or ten, or twenty. Right. Those were the three. Those seemed to be the three things that were being that were being talked about. Right. All right. So right. what happens after this Farm Bureau meeting? Well, you know, as we were going through the redistricting process, and I started looking. As we were going to be coming up on it, I started looking around at what some other counties were doing. As I had mentioned before, some counties had formed um, special committees, right, within the county board membership to oversee that process. Champaign County, right, they have their own independent commission who does this. So I started thinking, like, you know, we really need to have a process in place. And it's March. No one is talking about this. This has not been talked about at all at a county board meeting or an executive committee meeting of the county board up until this point. And like that July deadline, like it's it's coming up, right? Uh, so it's like we need to get on top of this. So I did some more thinking about it, uh, and I, I put together a proposal 
that I went and spoke with John McIntyre about. John McIntyre is the chairman of the county board. He represents, he's one of the two representatives in District 5 uh, covering part of, part of normal. And I, my idea was is that we would appoint a nine-member bipartisan commission or panel or committee, whatever. Task force. Right, task force, yeah. Um, and they would oversee the redistricting process. They would determine how many rep- total representatives we should have. They would determine how many districts we should have. They would determine um, what the maps would look like, or maybe they would come up with two or three different maps. And they would present all this to the county board for us to have an open debate and discussion about and then approve. That was the idea I had. I had it laid out, you know, we need to have um, represent- representation from Republicans and from Democrats. Um, since those are the, certainly two major parties um, here in town, I had it laid out that like uh, four representatives would be from the city of Bloomington, would have residence in the city of Bloomington, three would have residence within the town of Normal, two would have residence from a rural community or, or, or the unincorporated areas. I, I broke it down by population, right, because you wanted to make sure that everyone had a voice in this, because we certainly don't want the rural areas to be drowned out yep. and not, have a, not so, have a seat at the table, and vice versa. How is your proposal split between Republicans and Democrats? So I had structured it with nine people. I I said, well, okay, so right now the Republicans you know, have a majority on the county board, so what if we put five Republicans on this nine-member commission and four Democrats? Um, had, I, you, had you spoken to anybody besides Mac, uh, John McIntyre about that? Uh, I, yes, I had. So I, I had at first had floated the idea. Uh, I had reached out to Lizzie Johnston and also um, to uh, uh, Lori Woolrab, two of my colleagues on the county board. They're, they're both Democrats, and I talked through the idea with them. And uh, you know, they, they were very open to it because it would it was going to give the whole process right some openness and some transparency, yeah. right? And I mean, it, it does, right? I mean, how can how can anybody look at that plan? They, and say that that's not a fair approach. Yeah, and, and I certainly would have been open to like, well, if we wanted to have a truly equal, like maybe maybe there should be ten, it should be five and five, or yeah, yeah, or maybe it's four and four, and you give the libertarians a seat. I mean, I, you know, I would. I mean, whatever, right? I mean, throw the libertarians a seat. Well, yeah. what the heck? Hey, that's for you, Steve. Um, not, yeah, yeah, right. They're good people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, yeah, I mean, I would have been open to you know talking about some of those things. So I put this plan together and. Um, and uh, went and uh, met with uh, Chairman McIntyre and presented it to him and to get his feedback on it. Because at the end of the day, at, at the county level, uh, it's, the, it's the county board chair who has a lot of authority and say over a special body is appointed and what that body looks like and what its responsibilities are. Um, so that, that's why I sat down and went through it with him. All right, so let's take us through that meeting. When was when, give us a timeline again? Where are we at? March still? So yeah, so we're still we're still in March. Yes. And so you you sit down with Chair McIntyre and you say, hey, redistricting redistricting is coming up. I know we've already had some conversations and some emails and meetings about this. This is what I propose. Yeah, and I put together. And I'm a, sure he was like, Josh, that seems like a really fair idea, and I think we should implement this right away. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I hope that that's what he was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that that is not how the conversation went. The conversation uh, very quickly, uh, I very quickly turned from um, being optimistic to uh, uh, dreading, you know, talking about it for another second with him. The the conversation really went downhill fast. (laughs) 
it, it was pretty clear that he was not interested in doing that. Uh, it was also clear from what he said that other people had already been in to talk with him about redistricting. He had some papers in front of him on his desk that, um, to me, looked like they were spreadsheets that had breakdown of what I assumed was population data for the twins for, for Bloomington Normal in the, in the rural areas. Because as soon as I started talking about breaking this body down by having equal representation from the urban and the rural, or, uh, by population fair representation from urban and rural areas, like he was like quoting those numbers off the top of his head. Mm. Like it was obvious, like he had already already been briefed on some of this stuff. Right. Uh, and and uh, you know, and I'm assuming you know he also had you know breakdown by precinct of R and D's in front of him again. I don't know for sure because he wouldn't show me the papers he had in front of him, but he definitely had data in front of him he was referring to while we were talking. Uh, so yeah, so you know he he was not receptive at all to my idea. He pushed back on it right away. How, how he, does this feel to you? I mean, you're a Republican yeah. on the county board. Uh, for people that don't know, Representative District 10, which is kind of east side of Bloomington. Right. Yeah. Um, you floated this idea by two colleagues that are Democrats who right. were at least open to the idea and listening to the idea. Not saying they were on board, but right. open and listening. Yeah. And then you float it to what would some would consider the leader of the Republican Party on the county board level, at least, with John McIntyre being chair. Yeah. And he shuts you down right away. Like, yeah. Like that, that's got to sting a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, I, I was really surprised. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I didn't expect him to necessarily say, absolutely, we're doing that tomorrow. <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, I, um, but yeah, I was very surprised at his at his, at his response and, and the fact that he was so against it, you know, from the very start. Because in his position as county board chair, he often talks about the need for bipartisanship, the need to put serving the community first and, you know, instead of party or political agendas. That's certainly what he ran on this last week election. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, what, what was, he, he talked about a history of that. Of that. Right, yeah. yeah, you bet. It was a cornerstone of his re-election campaign. Um, so to have him come forward and be so against that, I was... I was surprised. I, I really was. Okay, so you get shut down, uh, for lack of a better word, during this meeting with the chair. Uh, wh- what's the next time you hear this redistricting get brought up? Well, uh, I, I should say, too, you know, while I was talking with him, I mean, the reason he shut me down, like I said, it had been clear that others had been to talk to him. He refused to tell me who those other people were. And he talked to me about what he and others consider a growing threat from from Democrats, right? Right now, the Democrats hold nine of 20 seats on the county board. Um, it's, it's basically uh, equal. Republicans have lost seats each time in the last two election cycles. And he's very concerned. He was very concerned about Democrats taking over the county board and getting a majority. So let's pause here just to think about this, because I don't think... I'm trying to uh, phrase myself carefully here. Switching to the political talk that he did about we got Republicans and Democrats, that's not uncommon, right? Like like in any body that is partisan, you're going to hear, all right, how do we maneuver this politically so that... Because, I I mean, as a Republican, if you want your agenda passed, you need more Republicans on the board. Sure, absolutely. Um, And there's also no laws against that. Right, right. right. There are certain things you can't gerrymander... Or design design districts in order to facilitate, but political advantage in Illinois is not something that is prohibited from. from right. Yeah, I mean, we see Absolutely. obviously in Illinois, Democrats do it a lot at the state. Oh level. yeah, and I kind of want to talk about parallels to the state at some point, but I don't want to get us off topic. Yeah. But, so. I just wanted to bring that up because there's nothing that Mac did, like like Tyson said, nothing illegal by that, by saying, hey, how can we position this? But 
some will argue, um, which I think you've alluded to a little bit through other interviews that I've heard, that there might be some kind of moral ground there where you're putting party above community. I, I, am I putting words in your mouth there? No, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I, mean, I certainly understand, right, that, you know, we have a two-party system in this country. And, you know, and at the state level and at the national level, you know, whether it's you know, the Illinois General Assembly or whether it's, you know, Congress, right? Um, people are running as Republicans and Democrats, and there are certain values that, uh, that that they have, and their parties, and the parties have certainly agendas and things that they want to push through, and uh, and those have real implications, right? And and the party, uh, the party flat platforms are in tune to those things. At the local level, the things that we deal with, I mean... You know, replacing a replacing a bridge on a township highway, you know, out by uh, out by Bellflower, that is not a partisan issue, yeah. right? I mean, making sure the health department has funding, I mean, that is not a partisan issue. You know? Yeah, so, so I, I'm really interested in your take on this, uh, on that to to dig into that a little bit more. You know, the th- so, you're, in your words, the threat of more Democrats coming on. So, yeah. at the county board level. Let's say that Democrats became a majority at some point on the county board. Putting like from the perspective of a Republican, what are some things that could like would be very concerning to go the opposite way, to go the way of the Democrats? Like, um, kind of asking you, even if you don't necessarily personally agree with them, like yeah. from from the the half of the county who are who are conservatives, right? What is what does that mean? That's cons- that's a problem for them. Sure. Well, I mean, I've heard people talk about things like, well, you know, I don't want, um, we're afraid that taxes are going to go up. You sure. know, the county traditionally, right, has had, uh, has had been very conservative, right, with the way that they run their budget and run their operation. Um, and, you know, people are concerned that property taxes would, would go up. Uh, you know, people are concerned that funding would be cut to the sheriff's department. Um, okay. You know, uh, people are concerned that we would start spending money, more money on um, social programs or, you know, things like that. But Wind uh, farms, too, I think is another issue, right? Sure. There's, there's strong feelings in the, some of the rural areas that we shouldn't be doing more wind and solar. Right, yeah. Uh, for I think for, like, is the grievance there, like, um, well, I mean, I, I guess some things I've heard about putting windmills in you probably heard more than i have but if uh if it's put on somebody's land like it can decrease their property values it can interfere with their ability to enjoy their property due to visual or auditory disruption um can kill birds there's like dead birds around stuff like that is it the sort of can also like damage or divert waterways i've heard some concerns on that so, yeah, yeah i mean yeah i mean when windmills have, have come forward I mean, we have heard stuff like that um mm-hmm. You know, from people, and sometimes people will say, well, we have this expert testimony from this professor, a scientist, who says this, these are the reasons why windmills are bad. But then, mm-hmm. you know, the other side has an equally well-credentialed individual who will say, well, those things aren't true, and this is why windmills are good. So okay. It's, uh, well, I, was, I will just say, though, to point, you know, try to be generous to the urban-rural divide. As somebody who lives right in the middle of Bloomington, it's really easy for me to be in support of windmills because no one's going to put one in my backyard, right? Sure, absolutely. So it, you know, and, <laughs> and and we do, I mean, and when a wind farm is being proposed, right, I mean, we do hear from people who don't want that put in, but we also hear from people like the landowners um, who get pretty hefty, you know, um, 
lease payments, right, from the from the windmill companies. Sure. That they that they want those, right? They want to be allowed to put those on their land. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that one's interesting because it does sort of help people understand where that rural urban divide might come in. Right. I guess. Uh, yeah. So. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it's so hard to untangle national issues from the local ones, though, because it seems like kind of a dumb question to ask. Like you ask a Democrat, why don't why don't you want the Republicans to be a majority on the county board? The kind of inst- the, the gut reaction is like, well, they're Republicans. They're the other tribe. They're the enemy, right? Sure. We don't want them to in charge. Right. <laughs> and that's what happens, right? And that's why I'm so thankful that the municipalities are nonpartisan. Yes. Um, because you can actually find people that want to work together to solve local issues instead of absolutely just putting someone else down because they have a different letter after their name on the ballot. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been I've been told before by some of my Republican colleagues on the board that you know you. you you can't vote for that in committee. You know the, the Democrats want that pushed through, and it's like, well, I, rather than asking that, we should probably be asking, right? Is this the best thing for the county or for the community? We shouldn't be asking. You know, I mean, who cares if the other party supports it, right? At the end of the day, like, what's the best thing for for our county? That's the first question we should be asking. Yeah, yeah. I, you're a rare breed, Josh Burnett. <laughs> but t- take us, uh, take take us, continue to take us through that timeline. So where are we at? We're in March. Sure, yeah, so we're in March. So the conversation with Chairman McIntyre, uh, you know, went into the toilet pretty quick. Um, and walked out of there and didn't hear uh, another peep at all about redistricting until the April county board meeting, which was, I think, three weeks, four weeks after my conversation with him. So at the April county board meeting, at the very end, he made this announcement about how we were going to approach redistricting. And again, while other counties have been discussing this, this is the first time we've been we've had a discussion about redistricting at a board meeting. So uh, so he makes an announcement that says that we're going to have three public meetings. And the next one was going to start like four days later, you know, just that, uh, the following Tuesday, about redistricting. And we're going to allow people to come forward and share their ideas and share their thoughts about redistricting. And That sounds know, nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a great, I mean, it's a good thing to accept public input. It was just really odd that, like, the board meeting is on Thursday, and all of a sudden we found out we're having these three special meetings, you know, one a week for the next three weeks. I mean, I, I would think that those are things you would want, like, forecasted out, like, several months in advance, right, to give the public advance notice, to let them know what's going on to set parameters that these are the options that, that we have. This is what we want your feedback about. Um, you know, these are the ways that you can interact as part of that meeting. And that, you know, it, so it was, it just felt very rushed, right, all sure. of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So we started these, so we started these three, these three public meetings. And while these public meetings are going on and, uh, and people are coming in. The very first meeting, it was a lot of people who wanted us to move to five districts at that point. Not mm-hmm. four, but five districts at that point. In the second meeting, uh, public meeting we had, it became much more balanced. You know, it was about half, hey, let's move to five. And then the other half was, let's move to 20 or stay at 10. Where did the five come from from the four? Yeah, so... Um, so during this time, in between my meeting with McIntyre and when these public meetings started, um, actually the day I talked to McIntyre about about my my proposal, that evening board member George Went called me, and and Went said, "Hey, I understand. You know, you talked to McIntyre uh, about redistricting today." 
And I was like, yeah, I, I talked to him. I mean, it, it was pretty obvious, right, that Isla had left John's office, and John had picked up the phone and had called George and told him that we had talked, because right. it was like an hour later, right, that George called me. So, um, so George told me that, hey, he said, you know, don't worry, I've, you know, uh, we're not doing, we're looking at four districts, uh, we're not doing four districts anymore, we're doing five districts, and I've got this all planned out. What we're going to do is we're going to draw all the Democrats uh, into one district. Uh, because they all live fairly close to each other, so we're going to draw them all into one district to make them all run against each other, except for uh, except for that Lizzie Johnson. She lives over in Northeast Normal. We're going to draw her out into the country. That way she won't be able to get reelected because we'll have too many people out there. So, so the idea behind that politically is on a 20-person board, we're going to limit the Democrats to four seats. To four seats, right. On yeah. the... Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, I got you. Sorry. I misunderstood. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, we're going to keep them contained and right. make sure that they don't take over the board. And, I'm, you know, and I only get to think is George is telling me this. I'm like, this sounds so shady. Felt, felt pretty dirty, it right? It felt very dirty. And, but I, you know, but that's George, and sometimes George talks, right? So you're just like, <laughs> okay, George. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, a few weeks after that, right, as these public meetings start talking, start going. All of a sudden, like I said, that first public meeting, there was this huge push to have five districts. You know, have us move to five districts at that first public meeting. And the Farm Bureau, the County Farm Bureau came out and they said, hey, we're endorsing a plan that would move us, I think they said, from three or four to seven districts. So, like, five would be, like, right in the middle of that, right? Um... So, I'm not saying we're for five, right? But I'm saying somewhere between four and seven four, would be great. Four and seven, right? Yeah. <laughs> and also, twenty is not divisible by six, so <laughs> let's. That's funny. <laughs> so I started talking to some of my colleagues on the board, you know, during during these few weeks, and I find out that, you know, George is George is you know, drawing these maps up, right? And he's done of, some work. He's done a lot of work, and, and you know, George also was responsible for the current maps we have that were drawn 10 years ago that we can talk about if you want to. And some of the my, my Republican colleagues on the board, you know, including Chairman McIntyre, had even driven out to George's house and had looked at the maps and had seen what George was doing. And George was very careful not to, didn't want to email out anything to anyone. Did, Mac to, did John McIntyre tell you that? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Yeah. He told me that. Yeah. Um, he didn't want anything to show up in a FOIA request. So he wasn't sending out anything. He told people he had to come out to his house to see what he was working on. So it was pretty clear, right, that there was this plan that was being pushed in the background that the public had absolutely no idea about. So just another break here to say that, like, there's nothing wrong with thinking ahead. I think what's kind of weird about this is that it wasn't public, right? Like... It's not weird that a board member was thinking ahead. You were thinking ahead, right? right you were thinking right. ahead about getting a special committee and all that. He's thinking ahead about, hey, I would really like to see five districts, yada, yada, yada. But what's weird about it is it's just not public, and it seemed very, like, backdoorsy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, if there were a group of people who wanted to push forward a five-district plan, the best thing to do would have been to come forward with a strong proposal to say, hey, we should move to five districts. This is the business case why we should move to five districts. Um, this is why we believe it's a good idea, and sell that to the public, right? And, sure. And, and make that a genuine, a genuine push and a genuine example. But, but that's not. But that's not what happened. Okay. What happened instead is we had these like, but what, as you said, sort of felt like shady backroom deals going. On. <laughs> 
All right, so you have this meeting with this huge upswell of support for this five-district plan. I'm sure you were taken back a little bit by that. Uh, what's next? What happens next? So, uh, so as I said, you know, we had that we had the next meeting come up, um, which was the following which was the following Monday, and it was about half and half there, and um, half people for five districts, half for moving to 20 or having 10 districts, and then came the Saturday, that that following Saturday, I had lunch with John McIntyre. And your, your tone of your voice just changed, so you've got me intrigued right now. You said, and then came this Saturday. Like, the, the infamous Saturday is what this sounds like, so then, I'm excited to hear. And then came Saturday. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I had, you know, McIntyre wanted to have lunch with me, so I got, had together, got together and had lunch with him. And he basically, you know, laid out to me. He said, look, uh, he said, you know, we're wanting to keep the Democrats contained. We think five districts is the, is the best way to do that. He said that uh, last fall, before the election happened, that Scott Murphy, who was a former member of the county board, uh, and uh, our state's attorney Don Knapp had come to him and had said and had said to the had said to the chairman, "We think we should move to a four four districts with five representatives each." Uh, so apparently, that's you know at some level where this idea got floated from, uh, and then along the way, it got morphed uh, into five districts. <laughs> you know, McIntyre said, you know, we've, we've got to do this. And I said to Mac, I said, what, what is wrong with 10 districts? Like, what, why is what we have right now not working? Tell me why that doesn't work. And he didn't really have a good answer for that. You know, he, he really wasn't able to articulate why what we have right now is broken, which is, which is funny, right? Because it's, I mean, to suddenly move from 10 districts to five districts, that's, that's a very liberal change. And yes. it's sort of ironic that it's being embraced by the conservative, you know... Who's holding majority of the party, of the board, the entire 10 years. Right, right, yeah, right. the Republicans, <laughs> right? But, like, well, we don't... Even though, you know, this current system has kept us in the majority for the past 40 years, we don't like it, so we're going to we're going to change it. It's just, well, and I also, like... It's so odd. I've been looking at numbers with this, too, because I'm a numbers guy, and it seems that along two breakdowns that have been talked about, Democrats, Republicans, so... McLean County is about a 50-50 D versus R um, county, and slightly leaning R typically, although they, I think it went for Biden in 2020, but that was a little bit weird election. Um, but, I mean, it's slightly leaning Republican, and so it's 9 versus 11 uh, D versus R. That seems right. I get urban versus rural, it's about 25% by population, 75%. Um, 25% rural, 75% Bloomington normal. Right now, if you, if you took the 20 members, that'd be five rural members, 15 Bloomington normal members. Right now, it's right. six versus 14, so rural's a little bit more represented. And I, and I can get comfortable with that. I can buy that the rural areas are, 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 on the whole, more impacted by what the county board does because it doesn't have the separate municipalities. So I, could, I, can, I can lean in and see that. But again, it seems like it's accomplishing that. So I just, uh, to your point, when I looked at it, I failed to see what the issue was. The issues I see when I look at the map is some of them are clearly weird looking. Like District 9 is all kind of spread out all over the place. I think gerrymandered is the term you're looking for. Uh, I'm just saying it's not compact. I don't think you look at that and call compact. There's some areas of southern Bloomington that are kind of combined with the rural areas. That seems weird. It doesn't honor municipal boundaries. Right. So, And also there's some like little segments 
there's some like little like places that aren't contiguous. So it seems like if you're gonna like ten seems to be working well from a results standpoint. It seems like there's some ways you could tweak it, yeah. but I fail to see the need for some revolutionary change, especially well, we don't have the 2020 information. Yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing too that about this is that right now, well, Bloomington Normal right continues to grow. I mean, even if even if growth has been slow for the past decade, it is still has continued to grow and increase in population. Um, and that you know that's been going on for you know the past several decades. Right now, with the current setup, the rural areas and the, and the outlying communities are guaranteed, without question, six seats on the board, without without question at all. Mm-hmm. If we had if we moved to a five district plan, it's like they, there's no guarantee that, that 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 would have stayed. If those districts each one carved out huge chunks of Bloomington Normal and huge chunks of the country, the possibility of having almost all the representatives at some point coming in from within Bloomington Normal, maybe not right away, but, you know, in eight or ten years, uh, you know, I think are pretty are pretty good, right? Yeah. And that would leave the rural areas without a voice. Doesn't even achieve the goal that they're talking about, for right. sure. Yeah. So was that Saturday meeting, is that where the flip switched in your head that, like, something's not right here and I might have to do something um, uncomfortable? Yeah, that was. It was that Saturday meeting where I was like, there's, you know, something is just not, something's not right about what's going on here. This isn't, uh, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a grassroots effort from the rural areas trying to bring forward this, this idea of moving to fewer districts with more reps in each district. There is a personal political agenda um, and a plan that's being pushed here. And it's not being open. It's not being transparent to the public, and it's not serving anyone well, right? So, and take us through. Take us through from that point to the point where I mean, I think it was, it's the WGLT article is really where you sure. kind of I'm going to say spilled your guts. Um, but <laughs> take us through the, that Saturday meeting up until that point of that article getting released, and like, what was your thought process? Did you, you know? talk to a lot of people about it where you just stewing over it and go this is it I'm gonna <laughs> I mean because you disrupted something that I think um, we see very rarely right like you went yeah. kind of against your party um, to say that this isn't right and we just don't see that often enough so I'm interested in the thought process that led to that point yeah so so that Saturday uh, the next Monday two days later was our last public meeting where folks were allowed to come in and give their feedback uh, the, I think there were like 30, 30 or 35 people who shared who shared their voice, you know, at that meeting. And the vast majority, like I think all but maybe three or four people, um, were advocating for 20 districts or keeping it at 10 districts. Um, only a very few were, were angling for moving to five districts. At the very end of that meeting, the assistant state's attorney, Chris Spano, so the, the way that... Uh, unlike municipal government, right, where, where we, like the city and the town have their own attorneys that they hire in-house, right, who take care of their legal needs. In, in, in the county government, the state's attorney's office has what they call a civil division. And that civil division has two attorneys in it, and they actually work in the administrative suite, and they take care of all the civil needs that go on within the county. They're not out trying, they're not out trying murder cases or anything like that. So Chris Spanos, who was the, the first assistant state's attorney over the civil division, at the end of that meeting, in, in uh, that last meeting, got up and said that, you know, he looked into this idea of 20 districts, 
that he was approached, I should say, um, by the Farm Bureau to look into this, and he, he dug into it, and in his opinion, it was not allowed under the Illinois Constitution. Which the, the timing of his statement was kind of to question questioned by a lot of people too. Why, why didn't he bring that up earlier? Right? Well, it's yeah, it's it's a little odd. Uh, the timing yeah. is a little odd. And the other thing I guess that that bothered me, it wasn't just the general public, right? We had we had members of the elected members of the county board getting up and making public comment, making posts on social media, advocating for. 20 members districts, yeah. right? I remember Lizzie Johnston being one of them right. that Lizzie. spoke first of all about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the the assistant, uh, the civil division of the state's attorney's office, those are the county board's attorneys, right? So if we were to get in trouble, if we were to get sued for any reason, like whatever that might be, they are our attorneys, right? They work for county administration and they work for the county board. So if us, as their client, was out there advocating for something in public that was not allowed under the state constitution, you would think that the very first thing would happen would be that that attorney would pick up the phone or send an email and say, hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I dug into this, and this isn't allowed um, with the way the state constitution is structured. But that's not what happened. What happened is that the Farm Bureau reached out to them. They said that they dug into it, and they told the Farm Bureau that it wasn't allowed and they told all of the board members it wasn't allowed at that public meeting, which I gotta be straight with you, really pisses me off. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that really just makes me mad. I mean the first, co- how long would it have taken for them to type up an email that went out to the, all the board members that said, "Hey, I know that some of you have been talking about moving to 20 single-member districts. The research that we have done says that this is not allowed under the state constitution. If you'd like to talk about it more." Please reach out to us. We're happy. You know, we'd be happy to go through that with you. But that's not the way it happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, it, and also the language, like it, it's not quite accurate to say it's unconstitutional, right? It really just requires right. a referendum. Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. So um, it, if we switch to, to single member districts, it would change the method in which. Uh, board members are elected. Right now, the method we're using are multiple member districts. So you can change to single member districts, but the state constitution says that it uh, requires a uh, referendum to be passed by the voters in order to put that in place. So it absolutely is allowed. It is constitutional. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. It's just in our particular circumstance with the timeline that we currently have, it, it, it wouldn't work out. Yeah. So, all right. So that meeting happened um, where you learned you can't go 20. Take us take us to the point where you're talking to, was it Eric Stock, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that so that, that meeting happened on that Monday night. And I walked out of there. And I am just, I am hot. You know, my poor wife probably listened to me, you know, moan and complain about this for two hours, you know, that night when I got home. Um, that Thursday evening, we had a rules committee meeting. So on the county board... The county board has rules. It's actually a rules book that we have. And the rules book dictates the structure and organization of the county board, how agendas are structured, duties of committees, how we go about electing a chairperson for the county board, things like that. And something else that is in the rules book is how many districts we have and how many members per district and, the, the, and how the terms are set when members are elected to those districts. So if we're going to change that, whether we're keeping it the same way that it has been for the last 10 years or we're, or we're making an alteration of some kind, like to five districts, 
the rules committee needs to approve it for the next decade. And then it goes on through the county board process from there. So the rules committee had a special meeting that Thursday night, a few days after that last Monday night public hearing. And at that meeting, uh, member Woolrab, Lori Woolrab and I, both gave impassioned pleas to the Rules Committee not to move to five districts, that it was a terrible idea, there was no business case to do that, uh, and overwhelmingly, right, on the whole, from the people we had heard from in the public, the majority of people, vast majority of people, spoke in favor of sticking to 10 or, as I said before, moving to the 20. Um, so it passed at a Rules Committee. So it passes the Rules Committee, and then it goes on to another committee, right? Right. So the way County Board is structured, we are structured like the state legislature. So we have committees set up. You report. Uh, things move through committee. They start there. They move from that individual committee up to the executive committee, which is made up of all the committee chairs and a couple other people. And then from the executive committee, it goes up to the full board. Uh, so the Rules Committee was on Thursday night. The executive committee was meeting for its regular meeting that following Monday. So just, you know, five, uh, four days later. I walked, I got out of that rules committee meeting, and I just, I was so disgusted with the process that had gone on, um, and what had happened, and the way that it all unfolded, you know, which uh, prompted me, I said, you know what, we cannot continue this, allow this to go on. People have to be made aware about what's really going on here, about the personal agendas that are being pushed. So yeah, so I reached out to GLT and to Eric Stock, and because Eric covers the county county government for yeah. GLT, and told him what was going on. So why did you choose to go to the media? Because you were criticized. I think John McIntyre had said, I thought we were going to be able to do this a certain way, but it looks like everybody just wants to go to the media. So I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but it was something along those lines. What made you decide to do that? Did you feel... Yeah, I, I won't put words in your mouth. Why did you decide to do that? Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess I felt that we had been trying to, you know, they had been having it their way for months, right? Trying to do things under the table, trying to do things behind closed doors, trying to do things in a quiet, shady way that would allow them to push their personal agenda forward. And I just, you know, the only way that we're going to stop this and the public is going to be made aware of what is going on for the greater good of the entire county is that the media needs to be told what's happening. Uh, otherwise, this is just going to continue to move forward under false pretenses, right? So that's what caused me to reach out to the media and to GLT uh, and say, hey, guys, the public needs to know what's happening here because what's being portrayed in public is not what is really going on. And we need to let the public know so that they're informed. So if they want to make contact their county board reps going into Monday's meeting, uh, that, they, that they have the time to do that. So what was that day like when that news story hit? Because I'm sure, I'm sure from my perspective on social media, um, you suddenly had a lot more liberal friends than you, than you may have had uh, the day before. Um, and then you probably made a few conservative enemies. So what was your text messages like? What was your email like or phone calls? Like, what was that day like for you? Uh, you know, actually, it, it was very supportive. It, it was. I, I had received a lot of a lot of thanks from folks in the community. Uh, a lot of people reached out to say uh, that they were thankful for um, bringing a light and, and saying out loud what a lot of people probably thought in their gut what was going on, but nobody nobody knew for sure. And, and, and for those of you that didn't see, I mean, I, I basically walked GLT through what I've talked with you about today. Sure. You know, what's what's been going on through this whole process. And, you know the backroom map drawing and all of that. So generally, I you know the response you know was was very good to uh, 
you know, to, to how that so unfolded. During that, uh, I think it was that Friday, a special county board meeting was called for Tuesday, the day after the executive committee meeting on Monday. It was called by the, uh, the Democrats who serve on the county board, and there was only one thing on the agenda at that special board meeting, and that was to approve a redistricting plan for moving forward, keeping it at 10 districts with two members per district. So now we had the executive committee meeting on Monday night, and we had uh, the full board meeting on Tuesday where the public would be allowed to, to give input and uh, reach out to their board members and, and share their opinion. Now here's, here's what was weird, because I, I listened to um, that special meeting, and what was the final vote tally on that? Se- 17 to 3. 17, 4, 10 districts, 3 people against. So after yeah. what, what seemed like weeks and weeks and weeks of people trying to get 5 districts passed, during this special meeting it goes 17, 3 in yep. favor of 10. Yep, yep. Um, obviously, I think I think people can put together the, the, the media story and, and you, your interview with GLT put some pressure on some people. Uh, were there any votes that surprised you that night? Uh, there, yeah, there certainly there certainly were some votes that surprised me. I mean, I did not expect it to last, or I did not expect it to be seventeen to three. Um, I, I thought maybe it'd be eleven nine, it'd be twelve eight, you know, something like that. Yeah, there certainly were some votes that came through that surprised me, which was you know, I would, which was great. And didn't Chair McIntyre vote, which surprised yeah. me? Yes, he ended up <laughs> voting for ten districts. Ten districts. After you know, behind the scenes, uh, he was pushing. He was pushing for five. So, so, so I think it's fair to say um, your plan worked. <laughs> I mean, I, you wanted the people to see that there was something a little fishy going on. Yeah. And once that was exposed, I think the people, from my perspective, the people on the county board said, "All right, that didn't work. <laughs> Let's stick with what we got." Yeah, I think that's true. And like, and this is this is a big deal, right? We do redistricting once every 10 years. It's not like uh, we do this every year. Um, the decisions we make, I mean, these things are going to be set. And to go about a process that is not open and transparent and is trying to push some misguided agendas and to not have the public be aware of that, it just, it was time for that to stop and to make people uh, informed about what was happening. So do you think that some of the members who voted in support of the districts do you think they were persuaded by arguments like do you think information was brought to light that persuaded them or do you think primarily it was um, recognizing that it just wasn't a good look to the little political pressure yeah honestly I think it was both I think there I think there were some members of the board who generally had their minds changed right um, who said you know yeah you know 10 districts has been working pretty good for us we just need to stick with this but yeah, I do, I do think that there probably were some members who just were like, well, I uh, guess we better vote in favor of 10 because, you know, we've, we've kind of been exposed now, right? It's not looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fascinating. I was shocked that that's the way it went. I I, I was kind of of the impression, you know, they, the Republicans hold all the cards. This is how things go at various levels. You know, things get gerrymandered. Uh we're on the losing end. Um, so I say we, the you know, we in two senses. We, somebody who tends to work with, uh, tends to be sympathetic to Democrats. I'm like, oh, well, we lost this one. And then also just we largely, like the community. I'm like, I guess we're losing this one because it's imbalanced. And um, I, was, I was just really pleasantly surprised that it went in the other direction. 
not because I want things to be done to advantage certain interests I have, but just because, to your to your point, it should be. It's a complicated thing that is very impactful, and there's a lot of different things you can do with it, and it needs to be transparent. It needs to have a lot of feedback from people. It needs to make sure that um, unintended consequences are vetted as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very happy with how we're going. There's not a lot of time left, though. So what are, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do now going forward? We got a committee forming. Yeah. So uh, Chairman Task McEn- Force uh, yeah. panel. Chairman McIntyre <laughs> announced on Thursday that he was going to appoint a, a bipartisan. Uh, he calls it a red, white, and blue uh, commission. It's uh, very, very patriotic title uh, to oversee the redistricting process. That it will have a, a uh, or the mapping process, I should say. It'll have an equal balance, I believe, of Republicans and Democrats uh, on there. Uh, it will have the resources of county administration and of the McLean County Regional Planning Commission available to it uh, if it if it uh, if it needs anything at all. As it's going through that process. It's uh, you know. Sounds sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's basically the exact same thing that I I approached him with in March. Um, so well, he said it wasn't your idea, though. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I right. mean, you don't need credit. It's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, my my toddler also said that he didn't, you know, spill the uh, spill the can of coke over on the living room floor hey. either. But I'm. So then there's... Uh, I'm pretty certain he, th- that it was him. There's names that's been submitted now, and then uh, there's going to be a selection process for who's on that group. Is it, has the size been established? Do you know? Uh, I, you know, that's a good question. I I, I don't know that a, a formal size has been has been put out there. Okay. Uh, again, he announced this at the very end of our meeting this past Thursday night. Uh, this no document was sent out to the board that details all of this. Uh, he was just reading off of notes as he as he talked through it. We weren't briefed about this in advance of the meeting. So I, I wish I could like hand you something and say, this is the exact timeline and this is what's going to happen and this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Like, I don't even know that, which is... Let's try to go with less than 20. Ridiculous for a whole nother conversation. <laughs> for less than 20. 20 is a lot of people. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely less Somewhere than between 20. five and seven. Five yeah. and seven would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I say... <laughs> I have to say, too, you know, the Farm Bureau, the poor Farm Bureau, I really feel bad for them. I, I think that the Farm Bureau... Um, certainly was advocating right for their membership and I think they believed that having uh, they had their reasons why they thought less districts were going to work Um, but I think you know overall the Farm Bureau were made to be used as pawns you know unknowingly right during this during this battle yeah well we want to learn more about what you think this means for the future of the county and the, the partisanship and what it means for the future of you politically. Uh, but because we're at Little Beaver, we're going to have to take a refreshment break. Yeah, both of our beers are empty, so <laughs> we got to get a refill. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 